Hello, my name is Raul Ramirez, and I'm with the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we help you to elevate your grappling, and at the same time, together, we can keep real wrestling alive. So thank you to everyone for joining me, whether you're on our Twitch stream or on YouTube or just listening to the audio on podcast, wherever wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate the listen. Appreciate uh, the, the view. Um, so we're just trying to help just catch wrestling and just, uh, like not only help you, uh, to become a better grappler, but also to help you to become like, not just like a better skilled technician. Right. And I think this is a topic for today where it's like, uh, this is a difference where it's like, or there is a difference between a, the, the technician who knows like how to do something or like who, who might know how to do some kind of uh, submission hold. So in, in our case, right, in catch wrestling's case, right, um, might know how to do some submission hold or they might know how to roll someone over to pin them, right? They might know all these different ways, but then that doesn't always equate winning, right? Winning a match. And actually a lot of times that doesn't even equate having someone uh, like, get to where they can even compete because that's another obstacle like a big psychological obstacle and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today but really quickly i wanted to try to <laughs> actually this made me think of uh, uh this one guy that i met so this is back when i was a college student and uh, so I, I went to ucla and then there was a uh, like in our even even back in the prehistoric times uh we had a really cool uh like gym those for the the students but not only did it have um uh like you know the workout equipment and all that we also had a lot of classes like a lot of martial arts classes that were offered and so uh in the muay thai class there was one guy who like he was like the the poster child for muay thai right and um i don't even know i don't know if he was actually i think this is many years ago but i think he might have actually been like thai like from thailand and so uh, he's like the guy that uh, did every move like perfectly, right? And you know, like you, the the instructor uh, could use this guy as like the example of to show the the students like how to do each move, how to throw the knee right, how to do all these different things. And um, um, but he hadn't really fought, <laughs> and so the time came where there was some Muay Thai competition in LA, right? And um, I wanted to go check it out because this guy, um, you know, like I ended up because he was also the type of guy who put in a lot of work in practice. Right. So uh, in the gym, we had uh, like we have two rooms where we have heavy bags. And so he and I would be the guys in there kicking the bags and hitting the bags and stuff when uh, when there was like no one there, when there were like when no classes were being held. So. Uh, he and I spent a lot of time talking, and then um, you know he told me about his fight, and I went to support him. And unfortunately, his pristine technique it just didn't help him. He had, I think, maybe more of like a psychological block where uh, basically he just got like worked by a guy who was. I don't even know if he could have been do, doing like a more of like my style, like the Sanda style, because I remember the guy was doing a lot of these side kicks instead of just throwing your basic roundhouse kick but he kept uh, kicking my friend in the in the stomach and uh, so even though like my my friend this guy who is like the poster child of techniques right so he's like the technician but in practice it doesn't necessarily equate to success right and um uh but what could have like say helped my friend uh it a lot of times it it and today this will be the focus of of what we're talking about because there's so many different aspects there's always there's always like a, a million aspects to go into uh, finding success especially in competition and uh one of the main things is uh coaching really and so that's kind of what i wanted to talk to today i don't, I don't know if, if, if you guys see the thumbnail of this of this video on youtube uh it has a picture of the la rams and so like so for those of you who don't know, even though I probably say it like every time I live in L.A. and uh, actually I live near uh, SoFi Stadium where the Super Bowl was played last week. 
and where the where the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl. It's like for people who don't know that um, who live in out, out of the United States who don't follow American football. It's like it's like our religion in this country. So, um, uh, so LA won like the biggest tournament for that. And um, but anyway, the reason why I'm talking about that is because then there came out an article in Inc magazine and it talks about uh coaching psychology and i think we, we kind of talk about it every once in a while uh, we haven't talked about it in a while um if anybody wants to go look at the playlist of or even if you go back down to all of our like older episodes i i did bring on a colleague who is a really brilliant psychiatrist and we talk about um sports psychology for like, i think like three episodes they're they're short though. They're I think they're only about like ten minutes long each. So, uh, but she just puts a lot of really brilliant information in there. But I think uh, because there's an article specifically about the psych the, the the coaching psychology that the LA Rams used. I think it's really important because also right now we have the Winter Olympics going on, and I think we can kind of contrast that. Okay, so um, let's. Let me see. Let's go ahead and maybe talk about the Winter Olympics thing first, right? So in the news, I think a lot of people, even if you're not really watching the the Winter Olympics, you might have heard that one of the Russian skaters, this young girl, I think she's like what 15 years old, uh, she got caught doping, and uh, they still allowed her to to compete, and uh, even though she, you know, so she, I think you guys know the story. But I guess she recently just like fell down and and uh, you know didn't play or place fourth in some the some event. But the thing is, and what the uh, Olympic Committee was talking about is that they and they kept on bringing up her psychological state, right? So they kept on saying like this is going to be too um, uh, psychologically devastating uh, if we like like uh you know kick her or disqualify her from competition and they they kept bring, stating this over and over which i think a lot of people and other athletes were saying like well you guys disqualify all these other athletes all the time uh and why not this one particular girl right um and then so i think this morning this kind of psychological aspect was coming up in the news with regards to this ice skater and so what they were saying is that they feel like her coaching staff and all the people around her are just like brutalizing her like they're um, they are not necessarily like beating her up i guess like physically but everything that they're saying and then the, their treatment is very harsh on this 15 year old girl doesn't necessarily mean that uh she shouldn't be disqualified for doping or whatever but um what 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 the olympic committee is kind of talking about is kind of like this psychological thing where uh, you can be surrounded uh by people who are just like really hard and coaching staff that's like really demanding because then the statement from uh their people right the russians right um were, were saying that in order to compete at the highest level you need this kind of really harsh coaching right and but this girl ended up like falling down and placing fourth in the latest um uh competition that she did right so uh she can get to the highest level and maybe any kind of style can get you to the highest level but it doesn't always equate to winning and uh let's go and get to the rams thing and then i want to talk about college wrestling because um there's a college uh program that's kind of similar to what what is in the article for the LA Rams. So let's go ahead and get to that. So we kind of give you the example of like super harsh and like this, even the Olympic committee is like, like I think you guys are too harsh <laughs> on this girl, All right? So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Rams and the winning psychology that the Los Angeles Rams use. And the the article, like the, the byline or whatever, it says, call it soft if you want, the LA Rams just proved positive psychology works. So the whole thing is about like, like being relaxed and not, and not just like uh, trashing your, your players. 
and it goes to some points here. So it says, for, for years, coaches across, across sports have become known for their domineering drill sergeant-like approach. But for, for several decades, psychologists have studied the value in a more emotionally intelligent coaching style, uh, one that focuses on positive reinforcement. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. It's like yeah, research is coming out. You know, they're they're observing these different styles because sports psychology is, um, it's huge, right? Because say like American football is so huge, so a lot of money can be made by winning, right? Okay, so so the we'll go we'll go and talk about the. The So the rules for positive psychology helps build stronger teams, right? So the rule of positive psychology is simple. It basically states when you build an environment focused on nurture, positive reinforcement, and highlighting strengths and potential, you help people to be the best version of themselves. So let me go, go back to the... So to let you know, so this is ink, and I'll go ahead and show it on the screen here. So ink, and then Los Angeles Rams use simple rule of psychology to win the Super Bowl, and that was written by Justin Bariso. All right, so <clears throat> let's go back to that point where um, it's all about helping people to become the best version of themselves as a coach, right? And amongst themselves too. So we kind of talk about that also because they, they also state that in this article where, where just like how it says at the beginning, when you build an environment focused on nurture, positive reinforcement, and highlighting strengths and potential, you help people to be the best version of themselves. But there's some other points here. Ah, all these ads are flashing. So annoying. Ugh. All right, I'll try to close. <laughs> Let me see some of your comments in the meantime while I try to. Um... All right, okay, so. Uh, all these ads. Okay, so the so these are the rules that the Rams, I guess, abide by. So it's easier said than done, but you start implementing a few more rules at your workplace. Right, so you can you can apply these at your workplace or sports, right? Uh, so say the help first rule. If you're in a difficult situation and you notice someone else is in one too, try helping them first, right? Instead of criticizing them, right? <laughs> okay. The other rule, or next rule, number two, the rule of disagree and commit. Right? You start with open, honest discussion and voice healthy disagreement. However. Once a decision is made, any who still disagree must commit. They should fully support the decision and try their best to make it work. So this this uh, includes not only like um, uh, team sports, but this also can be individual sports because again, like if you're on a if you take a class like a wrestling class or whatever, it's like you all work together to to improve everybody. Right? Uh, the rule of appraisal. When you feel overwhelmed, don't focus on what you have ahead of you. Instead, look back on what you have already accomplished and use that to motivate you. I think a lot of times uh, one way to apply this into uh, your grappling and stuff is like, say if you grappled uh, with some, and maybe in LA, it's easier to do this, right? LA, maybe San Diego as well, and like New York and stuff. But since we have a lot of uh, famous grapplers here, a lot of like tough schools, you know, sometimes you can um, uh, go roll with them and, and like, you know, if, if they don't submit you or whatever, if like, uh, you can kind of consider that like, um, like, like that you train with more difficult people than the people you're competing against, right? So you, you can also kind of think of that, like, oh, I've been in tougher situations, I've been in tougher roles. And so when you're actually in competition, you can use that as fuel to say, like, you know, I've, you know, I, I, I can do that. I can win. I can overcome this challenge, right? All right. Let's see if there's... Nope. I think that's that's it. Yeah, it was like three rules and then like the basic overall rule. And there's a... Um, I don't know if I read this. So the rule of reappraisal. 
when you feel overwhelmed don't yeah don't focus on what you have ahead of you instead look back on what you have already accomplished and use that to motivate you so you motivate uh like find motivation uh, in like the difficult trainings you've had um the the good coach you have and this and that um because all that stuff can help you to get through the difficult match uh, and then like this article kind of, they try to equate it to your workplace as well. Uh, and you, I think you should really also consider this kind of strategy uh, with family stuff too, right? Your household stuff, right? Because, you know, who wants to live in a dysfunctional household? Like if you, if you have a tough day at work, right? And you come home, you don't want to just continue like, like working and like working on like trying to trying to relax right you should be able to come home and, and relax right so that's like everyone's or that's like a, a common goal right where it's like your home should be where you can relax uh but if you create or you can create these types of environments by following the overall rule i guess I might as well just pull that up again so so the overall rule right probably like a, you can kind of consider that with the golden rule but it says build it when you build an environment focused on nurture, positive reinforcement, and highlighting strengths and potential, you help people to be the best version of themselves. So yeah, it works in sports, works in uh and like office or the you know workspace, and also can work in your family, in your household, right? Uh, but yeah, you gotta get everyone on board and um overall you can get some great results so you can win the Super Bowl. Uh, you can actually, I think this is where you can kind of like find that inner strength that sometimes they talk about the, that heart, right? When uh, your heart, right, has been nurtured by uh, being in a positive environment in training, right? So then we mentioned the the Russian athlete who's like just being like, uh, the, you know, like doesn't have the, the nurturing coaching and um she ends up falling and you know could be like even the olympic committee is concerned about her mental health right so uh that you don't want that right <laughs> you don't want people to be thinking like wow he's taking a lot of uh, psychological abuse in training so we're kind of worried about you so uh you don't necessarily want that kind of attention either um and you don't need to so because so like the big example the big overall example los angeles rams they, it was actually a really exciting game for people who didn't who don't know right the Los Angeles Rams were were losing for quite a while uh, in the last like two minutes within the last two minutes uh, they were able to uh, come back and win um, because and there's actually a lot of video I probably should have added some of the video footage because there is some video footage of the coach uh, coaching them during the game and a lot of times it's he's 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 saying a lot of really nice things to the guys right like you know like you know believe that you can do this and you know stuff like that uh, but yeah there's some footage of that and so yeah then they go on to try to stay relaxed and just perform you know like have have they want then the, whole, the thing that they try to say is also that they want to have fun and um that can help to relieve some of the pressure and then what happens when you're in a difficult situation, like when you're losing, then you can put that additional psychological pressure on yourself, right? And so even though you can still win, a lot of times that negative psychological pressure can cloud your your understanding or cloud your like your your view for for enough of that time where you can feel disheartened. And in a way, it's like then they can they can beat you psychologically, right? Even though you there's like a technique um there's a technique where um you know maybe you can you can reverse somebody but you're not seeing it because you're just thinking uh negatively you're already feeling defeated inside so uh so then you don't find a way to win right and in college college wrestling we have a huge example of this because what was going on in college wrestling for a while is that uh, Iowa Iowa University was dominating, especially when uh, uh, Coach Gable was there. So Dan Gable, and but the thing is, so like Dan Gable, um, he was like one. He is still one of the best uh, American wrestlers ever, and um, his students uh, just wanted to live up to him, right? His example. 
but the thing is, Dan, he he like uh, I think there is that terminology where, where they say like, he trains like a madman. So um, Dan definitely always trains like a madman. Um, uh, he was he had this unusually um, insane work ethic, right? And but I think because uh, people live up to that example, they would do whatever he said. And but the thing is, then after he retired, then you have the Brands brothers running the show, and they 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 still get excellent results, but there's still a little bit more of that kind of hard nosed. Uh, and and actually, I've met them, and they're great guys. But you contrast that, like they're more, uh, I guess I would say hard nosed, a little bit more uh, aggro kind of coaching style. And then you contrast that with Kale Sanderson, Penn State. And Kale Sanderson has basically the same uh, point of view. Oh, dang. I'll stop moving it. I'll stop hanging on to it. Is the audio still there? Hopefully the audio is still there. Is that right there? Okay, there it is. There it is. Should be there. Yeah, I'll stop trying to move it. I keep hanging on to it, and it must maybe the wires are getting messed up. Okay, so um, what's going on is that um, you'll have you'll have like these hard nosed coaches coaching in the collegiate level, and then you have a guy coming coming along um, like Kale Sanderson in particular, who's the head coach of Penn State university right and so uh he has more of that that um uh, that perspective like how i mentioned or how i read for you in the article where he says like i just want the guys to have fun we want to play a lot in our in our training uh we want to help build a Okay, is this all right? Is that the sound might sound a little bit different, but hopefully, hope hopefully you can hear me now, right? I think you should. Can somebody in the comments say something <laughs> or type something? Because it, it's it's registering now. I don't know what's happening. Maybe the power is going out on the on the microphone. Okay, great. So it should be all right now. Hopefully, it's uh, still good quality audio. All right. Okay. Good. So sounds better. All right. So sorry for that. Um, um, so anyway, Kale comes in, uh, provides like a great, or not say great, but I mean like a more relaxed, fun uh, environment, and then he's able to get the dramatic results where uh, Penn State's able to just like dominate. Really, <laughs> they win. Um, uh, quite a few national turn national titles. So for the United States, uh, they, we have titles in different weight divisions. So uh, Penn State's you know usually up there in a few weight divisions. Um, since I've been following, I mean it's like they're in the in some of the finals. I mean maybe you get one guy from Iowa, um, you know, and then you're getting a mix, right? But it seems as though like Penn State really dominates. Right. So, um, so this kind of like these different coaching styles, they, they, they can get results and it doesn't mean like the positive nurturing kind of style will always get you the win, but it's like, uh, you, you want to make sure that you, uh, kind of, uh, reinforce yourself psychologically as best you can. Right. So like, instead of building up psychological barriers for yourself, like, uh, having to hear all this negative talk or all this negative criticism and stuff all the time. It's like, it, it can wear you down and it can defeat you in a match, right? So uh, definitely try to avoid these kinds of things, right? At least that's my opinion. I, I like, uh, I like. well, I guess maybe Jonathan <laughs> in the comments can, 
maybe say how like my style is for being a, a coach and teacher. Um, but um, I definitely want people to be, and, and ultimately, same thing with Penn State. I mean, they're not just always playing around. You know, they definitely uh, get down to work and they try to, you know, they drill and do all the all the other things. But they um, they they try to build a better environment overall. So yeah, let's go ahead and get to your comments now. So um, let's see. So yeah, there have been a lot of comments. Let's go ahead and shift this over. Is getting neck cranked. Jonathan Jimenez is getting neck cranked. Positive reinforcement. Uh, in catch wrestling, that's very positive. Very positive. In catch wrestling in particular, I think one of the biggest or most famous coaches would be Billy Riley. So he's the guy who coached uh, really popular catch wrestlers like uh, Carl and Billy Robinson and uh, Roy Wood. So Roy Wood in particular, for people who don't know this, you really need to know that the lineage holder, right? So Billy Riley, he, uh, like the, his successor is Roy Wood, who is still alive in Wigan, England. So um, that that continues, right? That line continues. And that's really important for people to know because uh, Roy was a very high quality person. He, he stayed there in Wigan. And so he, he was also one of the three guys who went to Japan to help them with their pro wrestling endeavors, right? So it was Carl, uh, Billy Robinson, and Roy Wood. So I just want to make sure that people kind of know that because there are like, was it marketing campaigns that that totally ignore Roy, even though he's a very very high level, uh, you know, like he's the lineage holder guy, right? And very very successful at freestyle coaching and all that he's gotten people to the olympics and whatnot so um there's a i really want to make sure that people know about roy wood but they say roy's style is a lot different from billy riley's style so roy actually does have a little bit more of this nurturing kind of uh relaxed like let's have this work really hard but still like keep it positive uh his coach on the other hand uh, billy riley uh, he felt that, you know, being uh, or tearing down your athlete uh, could yield the best results. And so even Billy Ry Billy Robinson uh, told me that, um, you know, Billy Riley had a way of making you feel very small, right? So uh, he even found ways to um, uh, put you down, and but he was still able to I think for a specific type of person that can like, work for them, I guess, where it's like they can feel like, well, I'm going to work harder so that I don't get the negative uh, feedback. Um, but and so we know from history that we uh, we have a lot of or Billy Riley produced some great athletes. Um, but, you know, you can kind of take that for what it is. That's kind of what I wanted to say, where it's like um, the positive Coaching, you know, definitely can provide a lot for you, but doesn't necessarily give you the win. So no, nothing is like guaranteed 100% to give you the, that win. So uh, you always want to kind of still always work on finding different ways in which you might be lacking in something, whether it be the technical side or the psychological side. And so um, then you can see if you can't put them all together to make, uh, to get you more successful in your competitions right so whether it be you know what football or catch wrestling or uh figure skating right so um yeah yeah <laughs> marco so basically stafford just had to be loved to win a a perhaps right <laughs> uh and so yeah that's the thing and then also when you have uh, uh <laughs> When you have you have like uh, that like the whole team aboard right where it's like everyone's trying to help each other out to win and like people aren't like uh, fighting amongst themselves or you don't have this like negative 
uh, thing, like a, a negative environment where people are uh, like backstabbing each other or trying to become um, like become the the like the the star or the diva or whatever. Uh, when everyone's actually working together, then you can get some excellent results, especially in team sport like football. Marco, I hope my Browns listen to this podcast. <laughs> I hope so too. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Belon, he lacked vitamin D also. <laughs> yeah, 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 so you get plenty of vitamin D here in LA, right? You just need to be outside what, for like 15 minutes or something. So um, yeah, the, the, all the yeah, that, that, that's the other thing. That's, that's next week's podcast. We're going to be talking about vitamin D. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Yeah, go ahead and keep your comments coming. So hopefully, um, uh, actually, there's more people listening right now than earlier. So let me go and just, um, if you missed... The thing it was there was like an article about the coaching of the LA Rams and like they just put it down to uh, like a few points, a few bullet points that they try to use, or that their um, coaching or their coach tries to implement. And so the main overall rule is this: right, uh, when you build an environment focused on nurture, positive reinforcement, and highlighting strengths and potential. You help people to be the ve- the best version of themselves, right? And then there's a few other bullet points. So then they, these are the the subsequent rules, right? So number one, the help first rule. If you're in a difficult situation and you notice someone else is too, try helping them first instead of tearing them down, right? The next rule, the rule of disagree and commit. Start with open, honest discussion and voice health disagreement. However, once a decision is made, any who still disagree must commit. They should fully support the decision and try their best to make it work. Then the next rule is the rule of reappraisal. When you feel overwhelmed, don't focus on what you have ahead of you. Instead, look back on what you have already accomplished and use that to motivate you. Right, so you totally uh, you say if you've won like some jujitsu tournament in the past, and um, um, actually one thing that I so like personally, uh, I I so I went to train this one MMA fighter in China, right, in a re- remote area uh, where it was really cool because they had uh, like native people who lived in this area, and so then the native people there, their tradition is. It's almost like freestyle wrestling. They love wrestling and they love bullfighting. Right? So, and it's different from like the Western bullfighting, like you see from Spain and stuff, where a guy is in there and like a bull is trying to like rush at him and he tries to stab the bull. This bullfighting is a little bit different. It's actually a lot different. <laughs> in a way, it almost seems a little bit more humane because what it is is they put two bulls. They have bulls fighting each other, right? And but what they do is. Uh, they'll end it quick. So basically what they do is they have two bulls and then, you know, of course they want to butt heads and then whichever bull like backs away first, that's the loser, right? And the bull that just kept charging ahead, you know, is the winner obviously because he's still the aggressor and he, he got the other bull to back down. And then at that moment, then a ton of guys rush in and they, they separate the bulls, right? So they, they have to use ropes and whatever to make sure that the aggressor bull you know, doesn't continue charging the other the other bull, and like so they don't they don't kill each other. Um, so that's that's their bullfighting, but they also like wrestling. So this is like their tradition. So it looks a lot more like freestyle. Guys go in there in a sand arena, which is really cool. You know, really reminiscent, at least of like uh, the gladiators and whatnot. Not necessarily like they don't kill each other, but you're in a sand arena. Uh, were there so anyway i ended up competing <laughs> and but the thing is uh, this these tournaments because you can win a lot of money um it, it it attracts like former freestyle wrestlers and you know freestyle champs and whatnot and um so i was in there and my bracket had like over 25 guys and a lot of these guys were former freestyle champs some were a little bit more novice but but um, you know like the, there was like a family of guys that were just dominating the region and so they, they can win a lot of money so uh, but yeah, I was able to beat like one of them and then the other so 
the other guy that I had to beat um, just was just like way bigger than me, and so uh, time ran out. So they they gave the win to him, but um, it was really really a great experience. So this is one thing where it's like. Um, you know, I can draw on that experience when someone's like, uh, say, if I'm in a tough jujitsu match or whatever, uh, which I, I don't think is as like physically demanding as like going up against someone who's like much much heavier than you in a sand pit in the the middle of rural China or whatever. So uh, that's an experience that I can <laughs> that I can draw from. Uh, so I'm sure there's other things that you can draw from, like say like winning the belt at naga or you know anything you know that where it's like if your bracket was full of people and you still won or whatever or you beat a ton at least if you beat a ton of them you know like a huge bracket and you you get very very far you can you can um, use that as motivation to 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 yourself to know that you can you can overcome these uh these these uh struggles right Marco, Detroit can't do anything, right? <laughs> I hope Marco. I hope my Browns listen to this podcast. I hope so too. From from your mouth to God's ears, right? All right. So, um, are there any other comments? Is are your uh, coaches um, kind of more positive, or are they kind of like drill sergeants or whatever? Because I think sometimes, I mean, you can kind of equate that where it's like drill sergeants. A lot of times the, the goal, not a lot of times, the goal is to break you down so that you can become more obedient to uh, and fall in line to that, the structure in the military, right? So that you'll, you'll then just uh, follow orders and whatnot. So um, that's kind of the design of that kind of coaching, right? But again, sometimes it might not be as fulfilling, or some people might not re, like respond to that, and some people will respond to it and you know perform very well. Um, that's what I'm saying. So it's like it, nothing's like a guaranteed win, right? But um, but there, these are different things to con- take into consideration. So maybe like as you as an athlete, if you uh, want to go into like no gi grappling, you know, say like for example for Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu, right? It's a popular style, so then. They have a lot of affiliates, so there's a lot of locations. So maybe you can uh, try different locations and see which coach, um, you know, which coach's coaching style works best for you, um, you know, like like that. So it's like you can kind of uh, uh, you be where you feel like you get all the different aspects uh, fulfilled, right? Because you definitely need the psychological aspect. It's so important, right? It's it's uh it's like unbelievable it's undeniably important and i think we're discovering it nowadays in the past like couple decades where sports psychology has just been um like exploding right it's like you see tons of articles and whatnot Pelon. uh when i was training my instructor was a drill sergeant was drill sergeant ish doing drills and warm-ups during rolling he used more positive reinforcement especially when we got tired oh, that sounds nice yeah i think maybe there's that balance where like you do have to be drilling you do have to um you know you, you ultimately so like even what coach roy wood and wigan says it's like especially for wrestling you have to be in really great shape otherwise you're going to get tired so um if if that kind of strength conditioning aspect is in your training time like in your class time then you gotta be, you know, you, you gotta focus at that time. But, you know, you, you know, other at other times you can you can be more of a positive uh, reinforcer, right? And so kind of like how Pelon was, how, what Pelon wrote was about like during rolling that he was your coach uh, was using more positive reinforcement. Yeah, and it's, especially when you guys got tired. So, uh, very very true. Um, so it sounds sounds like a like it was more of that that uh, positive coaching style. Yeah, that's good to hear because you know you don't eat, you know you don't ultimately it's like you want uh, people to be in the sport also right and say especially for like catch wrestling too it's like you ultimately want 
to grow the sport. And so um, I don't know, at least personally, I don't really respond too well to a lot of that kind of drill sergeant kind of stuff. And so if it was like that 100% of the time, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hanging out at a gym that long. Right? Pelon, I was training with Comprido from Brasa team. <laughs> I stopped because COVID and it's expensive as hell. Oh yeah, oh that's the other thing about jujitsu, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, very expensive. Yeah, Pelon, are you, are you you're you're not in LA? Or, oh, you said you're in Chicago, right? I think. Yeah, so if you're in LA, you can always come by our, our MMA gym. Actually, that's one of the cool things about the MMA gym that I teach at is that it's uh, not it's not the most expensive gym, and and we're in the this area of Los Angeles called Mid City, so uh, it's kind of in the middle of the city, right? Go go figure out what Mid City means, but um, there you're not gonna it's not basically I'll put it this way it's not in Beverly Hills, right? It's not in uh, these like places where the Kardashians hang out. It's more working class kind of of, a, of an environment, and that's the kind of um, students we have. So uh, it's not, it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to train there. And I think overall, most of the coaches have like a positive reinforcement style. So Jonathan Jimenez, yeah, it does. So Jonathan has been there, he trains there. And so yeah, all the coaches there are pretty positive. Yeah, and it is definitely more like working class and you get a variety of people, but yeah, it's definitely not like in Beverly Hills. All right, so for those of you who don't know what Beverly Hills is, even though it's like world famous, it's like a place in LA where like the most wealthy live. And there's still more areas where even more wealthy people live, but Beverly Hills is quite quite expensive jonathan jimenez i lose my arms and legs in catch <laughs> so it costs so catch wrestling at the gym costs you an arm and a leg i guess right, so yeah, actually then it, it is quite expensive for jonathan <laughs> all right so uh, I think what I want to, well, I always have goals and stuff for the, the podcast and stuff. So uh, if you guys like this kind of information, um, like with regards to like sports psychology, and in the past, like I mentioned, I've had a really brilliant psychologist come on and not psych a psychiatrist even. So but the difference is, is like psychologist does not have to be a medical doctor and a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. So then... Um, and that psychiatrist that I brought on, Dr. Sagan, one of my colleagues, um, she uh, works, she's worked with some of the most, like basically some of the most wealthiest people. And she's also worked in some of the most hardcore prisons as well. So uh, that's why I really liked that she made time for, uh, you know, for an interview or like to talk about these different things because she's helped like the whole spectrum of society. and. Um, if you guys like this type of information, then I want to see if I can't, maybe, maybe not her because, um, she ended up working in a different office now from me. So, so, um, I could ask her, right. But, um, I, I know, um, another psychologist that, uh, psychology professor that potentially uh, could come on. So if you guys want to hear more from a, a professional, like I'd want, I'd, I'd want to give you guys like that kind of access where we can maybe talk, uh, we can ask a professional, um, like all these different types of sports psychology questions and you can hear it straight from an expert. All right, so um, instead of just from me, cause that, that's definitely not my specialty. Right? I know a little bit, right? But not enough to be like a, cl a psychological clinician, right? So uh, it's better to hear from a clinician who works with, with patients and stuff all day in, day out. All right, so if you guys like that, go ahead and you know leave a comment, or, or you know you can, but uh, like actually, I say you don't have to like the video, but if you leave a comment, let me know, because <laughs> uh, this is stuff that I find interesting, and I think ultimately it can give you the edge over your competition for those of you who are competing in different types of, like no gi or catch wrestling or even other kinds of sports, right? 
uh, it can definitely give you that edge, right? Because like the psychological aspect is so important. You know, you can be psychologically defeated, even though you might be fit enough to compete. You know, if the mind isn't there, then you you can lose. All right. Oh, so the other thing. Oh, I don't. Ah, oh, I didn't bring it. I didn't bring the copy. But uh, I don't know if you remember last year uh, we had uh, Guillermo Zegarra. So he was uh, the guy who made the story for that comic book called Milagro. I don't, anyway, I'm going to bring him on again. And so the comic book is out now. And maybe we'll put a link in the in the comments to buy it. But um, uh, I helped out with the fight choreography of this comic or this graphic novel. And so it is finally out. So uh, I think what we'll do is I'm going to see if I can't. Uh, Actually, I'm already working on it, right? So we are, oh, Pelon, you just ordered it? Great, great. So I think we're going to have uh, Guillermo on probably next time because we're already working on a, another date to, we just got to make the, we have to make the appointment, right, to to do the interview and then we'll give you an update on it. And uh, yeah, it looks great. Um, and it's really cool because there's some cool fight sequence in it, fight sequences in it because there's more than one fight. And, uh, you know, there's uh, so I help them use uh, or help, help show them uh, different ways to use catch wrestling techniques in a fighting scenario. And uh, and then the, their their task, though, was to you know basically figure out the way to lay it out in the in comic book format. Right. So in the graphic novel format. So that was so that that was my job to kind of help them to see the different angles and of the and kind of understand the ins and outs of the different techniques so that they can then represent it in a graphic novel. So it came out really great. So um, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about that next time. Um, if, if I'm sure it'll be next time because I'm already talking with uh, Guillermo and so we just have to schedule it. Nice. Okay, so maybe we'll go ahead and sign off now. So for those of you who want to train, oh wait, hold on. Someone's so Pelon. Pelon has a comment, right? I got the strength and conditioning course on the CWA website. I'm so out of shape. It sucks because I was losing tons of weight training BJJ and I gained it all back. Oh, Pelon, maybe you can uh, also. Um, one of the things. It, Going off topic here, right? So one of the things you can try to do is focus on, uh, you know, high, higher fiber foods and stuff that can help you to, uh, uh, like, with with minimal effort to lose some extra weight. Um, but yeah, yeah, hopefully you can get back to working out. Uh, let me know what you think about the course. So uh, it's a good segue that you brought this up. Um, uh, so on our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com, we have several courses that you can take. So one of them is a strength and conditioning course. We also have the pressure pass system volume one, because I want to do more than one volume, because there's different uh, ways to use pinning pressure to pass guard, especially if you, those of you who compete in nogi. We also have a nogi judo class, and we also have our signature thing where it's like the CWA Academy. So for those of you who don't live near LA or don't live near my buddy on the East Coast, John Strickland, uh, then you can take our online course. And then, so speaking of coaching, right? So as you progress uh, in our CWA Academy program, then you get more access to even like this, the coaching aspect. So uh, I wrote a little book in there uh, about the different types of psychological aspects of coaching and uh, how to run your own school or your own catch wrestling course. So that's part of uh, what you get as you progress through our CWA Academy. That's not a that's not a standalone course. Right, Marco, I'm an online member of your school. Do you have an open mat at your gym? Uh, Marco, uh, yeah, just let me know. Because um, uh, we have, if you can't make it to our class time on Thursday nights, then there is open mat. So um, I'm not always there. So that's why, I, that's why I would ask you to let me know when you would go. And thank you for, for becoming a member. And, you know, always let me know if you have any questions. 
and um yeah no if you if you're nearby please come please come because yeah and then also yeah we do have well the school itself has open map on definitely i think it's sundays at i think one o'clock yeah but yeah let me know because otherwise i won't be there yeah jonathan jimenez yeah i believe saturdays or sundays yeah, I think they they try to do some things like in the morning at the gym, and then um, I think they have open mat a little bit later morning to early afternoon. So yeah, just let us know. We'd love to have you. Belon, I'm going to enroll in the academy once I secure a partner or grappling dummy. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, too bad. Yeah, too bad everyone can't be in LA. That's the only thing. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that so we kind of talked about it. So so for those of you who are listening, you know, who aren't members of the CWA Academy, um, you know, they just know it exists. Right? If you want to help us out in other ways and not necessarily become a student, then you can always become a member of our YouTube channel. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, then there should be a like a join button like underneath the video, um, and so you can support us at any one of those those tiers there. Um, so we try to give you more videos and stuff there as well. Like some, some stuff for, uh, like recently I discovered that there was, um, I had a hard drive that one of my students, he filmed a lot of our seminars that, that we did in Singapore. So, um, like trying to put more and there's still more that I haven't put up there and I'm trying to edit it. Cause you know, it's like uh, when you do a seminar, you, you teach a move and then you allow the students to, um, you know, to do, you know, to, to drill it. And so then maybe I'll cut out some of the that drilling stuff and then, you know, just isolate the, the teaching parts. So we, we've done that already for a few moves. And so then they're up there behind the, the membership aspect or the membership part. So you can always join there uh, if you don't necessarily want to become a student. Uh, Pelon, I'm going to enroll. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I already read that. You said you're going to enroll once you secure a partner or a grappling dummy. All right. Okay, so I think maybe we'll go ahead and uh, sign off now. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And, you know, just remember we're here to help you become a better grappler. Use the the pinning ideas, right? So we're going to, like, the next course that I really want to get out sooner than later is the Pressure Pass Volume 2. Uh, show you different ways to use pressure passing, especially uh, like especially for open guard. So like when someone's like seated, or sometimes it's called seated guard, or sometimes it's a. I like calling it seated guard because open guard could just be having your legs uh, open, right? So again, seated guard, you, you see a lot of people uh, using that, and um, I want to show a lot of the pressure passing principles to get you past that situation right so that will probably be the next one we, we get out and so hopefully we'll get that out sooner than later um but yeah so you know let me know if you want more psychology sports psychology videos also uh because i personally like that stuff <laughs> so yeah whatever you want and then we'll also definitely be talking about the graphic novel milagro that just came out so that'll probably be next time too so thank you very much and so together, let's keep real wrestling alive.